It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, master plan world. Welcome to our latest podcast. As always, it's a pleasure to have you listening. I get lots of requests from listeners just like you to interview smaller bricks and clicks businesses. So today I have a great one for you all to hear about. So let me introduce you to today's special guest. Catherine Salt owns the boutique bricks and clicks e-commerce business Plums Lingerie. They sell the perfect brands to bring their customers a specialist range of lingerie, swimwear and silk nightwear. On top of the in-store sales, they are taking 60 orders per month online by concentrating on customer service and communication to build the business. Hi, Catherine. I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business and where you are now. So how did you get started in e-commerce? Hi, Chloe. Um, well, we started the actual retail store in 2006, and it was always in the plan that we would have an online shop. Um, in fact, we part of the reason it was so difficult for us to choose a name for the business is we had to make sure we could get the URL. Uh, we started the website about three years later. Um, and for us, it's been a vital part of our revenue ever since. Do you find it's mainly the same customers coming in to buy from the website as buy from the store? Or do you find you get a wider a wider audience coming to the online store than you, what, what you get coming through the door? It's a much wider audience. Um, we don't, we have maybe one or two customers in Jersey where we're based for the online store, where our second main market is the UK mainland and then the USA. In fact, we've sent all around the world. We sent to Japan, we've got a customer in New Zealand and we have even sent a parcel off to Afghanistan. Wow. Uh, just for those of us, those who are listening around the world who, who aren't familiar with Jersey and are thinking, Catherine doesn't sound like she's from the USA. Uh, this is the original Jersey, which is uh, is a, an island just off the British coast between Britain and France. It's a beautiful place, well worth going to if you're in the in the UK uh, to take a trip to. So, so it's quite impressive that you're selling from your tiny island in the middle of the English Channel all the way around the world. Do you think that's down to your product selection or down to other elements of what you're doing? It's definitely down to product selection. Um, we have. We sell brands that are only available in boutiques. You can't buy them in department stores. You can't buy them on, and they don't, you know, don't stock any other online-only stores. They only sell to people who have uh, bricks boutiques. So we're competing with direct competitors. So it's little shops just like us. Um, we also are selling brands that people are very loyal to. We are so it's repeat purchases. We are seeing that um, people are buying the same bra over and over and over again. They're just buying in different colours, which is great for us because it means our returns are quite low. Yeah, and it, it is one of those, you know, the the lingerie, nightwear, swimwear market for women is one which, when we find a brand that fits and is comfortable, and that we like, we're going to just keep buying it, aren't we? So if you've got that right product selection, you know, you're not selling Triumph and Panache, you know, and the big brands, you've got ones that people find, they love it. 
you you've limited the competitiveness and you've improved the customer desire for your product haven't you and, and the likelihood of repeat purchase yes and we've also seen during the recession a lot of small boutiques shut down so people had been introduced to the brands through a traditional shop experience and then the shop has closed down and they can't get them unless they go online Ah, so you've you've gained customers from the recession because you're the only place they can get those brands they love. Yeah, there are. We've seen a, a quite a lot of small boutiques shut down over the last five years, six years. Yeah, it, it's one of the it, it's one of the reasons I was so excited to get you on the podcast is that. I, I speak to a lot of people who have the fashion boutique or the uh, the the interiors boutique where they've got that fantastic edit you know the way they pick and choose the products and the design as they stock but their customer base is limited geographically because they're a physical store and they want to take that step online and they don't know how to do it which is you know something you've been living and breathing for the last few years so what before we get into lots of detail about the bricks and clicks world let's just get get a bit of a grip on where you are with the online side of things at the moment um so what's the platform you're selling on what's your website built on um the current one which is the one we've had since we started is um it's a it's a version of zencart um but it's creaking it's creaking really badly (laughs) um we have we're currently working on a new Magento website, which will link into a, CR, a specific CRM lingerie um, till system we have in the boutique, which is going to help our stock management considerably. Because at the moment, if we sell something online or in the shop, we have to run to the website and take it off. <laughs> really archaic. I, well, it, but it is, it's kind of one of those problems when you've got, you know, your shop is the online stockroom. And, yeah. you know, I, I always I think there should be, just, just for those of us who work in e-commerce, there should be someone needs to do the comedy sketch of the order comes in from the website and your number one customer has it in their hand, <laughs> wandering around the shop. And you're going, we do have moments where like, oh, we kind of sold that this morning. That's a bit of a pain. And we're very small. It is just me and my business partner, Tricia, who's my mother as well, um, who is, you know, she fulfills the stuff on the website and corresponds with clients and stuff, but she she's not technical you know she can probably take something off the website but not much more than that yeah it, to have that integrated even though you've only really got two outlets even at that point stock stock integration becomes quite quite important as the volume goes of course you don't need it on day one where you're maybe getting one order a week but as it as it ramps up it becomes quite quite critical so um how far how's how is the magento site bill going um, it makes me want to weep with frustration. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. It's been one of the most painful experiences of my whole entire business life. Um, we are on our fourth developer. Oh, my Lord. Uh, I would, what I have learned on this um, about web developers, I could write a book on, be very, um, one, don't try and go too cheap. Two, make sure you speak to their previous clients um, and see the stuff they've done. And then, because I think a lot of our, we, a lot of our issues were we had the till system that we're integrating is specifically for lingerie and nobody's got any experience with it. 
Ah. Because it's a very niche area. And integration is always the killer in any website build. It's always the killer because, you know, it's essential to get it right. And, you know, my first, my advice to to anyone who's saying to me, we're planning on getting a new website, like find someone who's done the integration before. Yeah. One, because then you know it's possible and you can see it actually working, not promises of this and promises of that and all the rest of it. And it's, you know, so many assumptions get made. You'd be like, well, I assumed stock was a given on an integration. No, we didn't think it was a given. <laughs> we thought price was the important bit. No, VAT was important. Oh, no, not VAT. Um, so, you know, always one, you know, to make sure it's actually possible. And two, because it can cost a fortune if you're paying someone to develop that integration. So yeah. great, you've got the niche system for lingerie, which I'm sure is is essential given all the different sizings and all the rest of it. But yeah, the integration, it doesn't surprise me. That's the killer. So your three top tips was one, don't go too cheap. Two, speak to the previous clients. And three, look at their existing websites that they built. Yeah. Is that right? Cool. Yeah, because you want to see, you want to see like you say, that they've done something similar in the past. And the where the... The way I found my final, final, and it will be my final developer, <laughs> by hook or by crook, it's going to be the final web guys I ever used, um, is I went to the Magento um, sort of developer site and looked for people who were their top class developers in the UK. You uh, had like their gold certifications. Um, and also they've won uh, customer service awards as well. So when I email them, they email me back. I mean, these are simple things. Oh, but, but so many developers don't, oh, aren't great at the communications aspect of the relationship. I I feel your pain. I recorded another another one of these interviews yesterday, which uh, which will be actually be going live after this one, uh, so you won't be able to listen to it whilst you're listening to us talking. But uh, he was saying about how what the first website developer they had went bush, uh, just disappeared. <laughs> just yeah. No longer, no longer responding to anything or contact. It was like, oh gosh. Yeah. Just... One of mine actually stopped, ne- never spoke to me. He never picked up a telephone. He never spoke to me ever. He would email occasionally, and then we had the the people who owned uh, who in, the guys who recommended us, which are the guys who developed the Till system. So I'm thinking they must know how to integrate it because obviously. Yeah they've worked together for years, um, they ended up having to interpret. They had to speak to him for me. And I was like, I can't have upset him. I've never spoken to him. <laughs> it can't I mean, be I, me. Been, it can't, I, honestly, there's nothing I, I really haven't No, <laughs> I even had the opportunity to shout at him, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't that. It was very strange. Oh, he eventually got bored. That one got bored. Yeah. Decided it, decided it was finished enough. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> but it sounds like you've you've now found the right guys and um Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm very happy with the fact it's little things, um they have given me a list a task list, which is what I've asked every single one of my developers for and they've never come back with of all the things that need to be done or written yeah. down. They're using Basecamp. Like I said, they talk to me. It's 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 a revelation. Yeah, it's buying a website. It's such a, a traumatic experience. 
not least because you don't know what you're getting until the day you get it, which is mm. several months and several thousand pounds down the line. And it, you, you need that extra reassurance, those clear communication channels and some clarity over what's actually happening and what you need to provide. Never, never fails to amaze me the number of people I hear from who, who've been working on this. They're like, I'm like, we were supposed to have a call today. Like, oh no, our new website developer said they need the product list tomorrow. And when did they tell you that? Yesterday. Like, seriously? <laughs> You've got to reformat a thousand products in 24 hours, which they've probably known they needed for the last two months, but they didn't yeah. bother to tell you. They just assumed it would be ready. It's, it's crazy. I, I, I sound like I'm like, we, we sound like we're, we're having a proper old go at website developers. There are many brilliant website developers there are out many there. Brilliant ones. I have just been pretty unlucky. Um, my, I mean, getting the first website up and running was a doddle. It's um, a little company called Pace Retail, and it's a sort of off-the-shelf template. You know, they're really helpful. Um, it cost me under a thousand pounds. I mean, this is a few years ago um, to get up and running with it. But that's and I got what... online, and it, I started selling things, and it was wonderful. That's all. That's I mean, all you need. Everything it needs, but it's taught me enough to know actually what I need now. That's, that's what I'm such a fan of starting off with a teeny tiny website, especially if you're in that bricks and clicks world. Start off with a very cheap website that's quick, simple, easy. It's not very integrated because you're not really sure what you want from integration at that point. And you can just start to experience it, work out what you do like, work out what you don't like. But you're not massively invested in money and time in order to get to get it up there. Um, no. The... So we've got that Magento website on the way and I'm not going to press you for a live date because I figure that might be a bit cruel. Uh, but please... Next week. Well, I've been hearing that for a while. <laughs> well, please let me know when it's live and I will update the show notes with, with the, the fact the new website's gone live so people listening can know whether they're looking at the old website or the new website. Um, in the, the process of this this build, are you have you got any key widgets or plugins that you're planning on putting in from day one, or are they more on the roadmap Ooh, for the future? Um, I'm very excited because <laughs> of all these new tools. Um, abandoned shopping cart was a big one for me. Oh, cool. Um, so when somebody uh, comes in, has a wander around, pops something in their shopping basket, and then doesn't finish the checkout process, uh, we can sort of go hello, did you forget? Look, here's your lovely stuff. Um, that will help. Also, we're moving from a four-page checkout to a one-page checkout. So I'm expecting that will increase my conversion rate considerably. Excellent. Uh, we will also be doing Skype fittings as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so there's loads cool. of stuff that we're going to be doing to help, well, make it easier for the customers to buy from us i think a lot of time we forget that it's about how easy it is to the customers to buy something rather than here's all our stuff yeah it and it's laundry it's one of those areas which it's it's difficult if you don't know your size in that brand it's very very difficult to get the right yeah. one and and actually it it could turn into a returns nightmare <laughs> you know yeah i'm just gonna buy five just to see which one fits, which is it's no good for your stock control when you've only got those two outlets. It's And it's not because we do a lot of our stuff just in time as well. So we get a customer who orders five bras in, intending only to keep one. 
And if they're picking what we would call funny sizes, um, these are sizes that we don't sell a lot in the shop, um, we'll probably be stuck with them. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's not natural flow through, is it? So you want to make yeah. sure you're helping people as much as possible. And I think that's, that sounds great. And and it fits, you know, I said at, said at the front, you know, great customer service and communications is one of those key tenets of the business. And it sounds like with the new, new site, you're taking that up another level because you, you do an awful lot of involving your customers at every stage of the process. You know, I've, I've seen photos on Facebook about we're trying to pick between the green one and the pink one. Which do you like best? Do you, do you find that's a really important part of the process for you, getting the customers involved in the whole kind of vision of the store? I think it's important to hear what they think. It's important also to know when to listen to them and when not to. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> because I I have had people and they will swear blind that they want that lovely toffee colour bra. And they see it in the shop. I, because I think it's why you don't, it's not the same when you see a photo as you do when you see it on a map on a person or a mannequin or you know in real life yeah you know and I know that is going to suit fewer people than the pink one will but it's always interesting to get feedback and I want people to feel that we're a very approachable business and you know they can come to us with questions and ask us and tell us what they think um because especially when you're a luxury brand I think people get um, there are a lot of barriers and we want I mean we have this with the brick shop it's like oh we thought you were a bit posh till we came in <laughs> so, <right back. laughs> is that a compliment or not yeah, no, yeah because we're not posh you know we have a bit of a laugh with our customers and a joke and we don't take it too serious we want it to be a pleasant inclusive and experience for everybody who comes in whether they are coming to buy, coming to have a fitting, or just coming just to have a little bit, bit of a look around. And I, what we always said about the website is we want it to be an online version of that. Yeah, and, and I, having, obviously I've looked at a fair amount of your social media and it certainly it seems very obvious to me that from what you're saying now about, you know, breaking down that barrier of, yes, we sell luxury goods, but we're not snooty and difficult to speak to. Well, you're more than welcome to come and have a look. Certainly the, the the tone of what you're putting out on Facebook invites people in and it starts to break down that fear of opening the door, you know, which we've we've all felt at one point or another going past a shop and going, oh, I really like that, but it looks a bit intimidating. Um, yeah. So that that makes a lot a lot of sense. Oh, I had a really good question there, which has just properly flown out my head. Oh, yes, I was going to say about the Pinterest site, because you yes. have a lot of Pinterest followers. Yes. And, it, you know, when when I'm sort of pinning like a mad thing, we get a heck of a lot of traffic from it. But we don't see the conversions. Ah. I think I think it's not mature enough as a platform ready to convert you know for us for pinterest it is heavily us based um you know when you are clicking in, on things you don't necessarily get to the end product so a lot of the things we've pinned are old pictures but i know that people are just pinning things because they like to look at them not necessarily because they have the the intention to buy but they're bringing in sort of buy now buttons which i think will help um with that idea of converting to sales yeah and the whole promoted people pins will know things. it yeah and that people will know that that is a product that is available now 
Yeah, I think even with that, it's going to be quite interesting with your products because they're the more aspirational end of the lingerie market. I think there'll always be a level of people pinning what they like and then finding the cheaper option in the local department store. So it'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens when that function, you know, the promoter pins, etc. functionality comes over to the UK to see what, what impact it has for you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, we do have customers in the US, the brands that we do, again, they're very niche because as well, um, especially the Prima Donna, which goes all the way up to the J Cup, it's not easy to find even alternatives in other brands. Yeah. So when people are have tried it and bought it, they will search the ends of the earth for it because that that is the brand that works for them. And it and I yeah. I guess it's the you know the the larger the cup size becomes, the more you become brand linked as a buyer. Yeah. And we we even have customers who will only go with one collection in one brand and they won't touch anything else. Wow. So it's even only one collection in one brand. Yeah. We have a bra called the Prima Donna Deauville. And we sell it over and over and over again. And we have customers who will not even try anything else that's from the same brand. Because they know that works and it, they know it's it great. Is the, it, because it is, really is the best bra. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt. I can't, and I won't try and convince them otherwise because it is the most supportive bra they will ever find and most comfortable. Wow. And I, might, I don't. For all the ladies listening, I might have to put a link to that on the I show know. notes. <laughs> it, it is fantastic. Um, it's not for everyone. I mean, I wouldn't want to wear it, but I, you know, I'm not a G cup, so. But yeah. yeah, for some, it it just works wonders. Oh, cool. Okay, so uh, what, Catherine? Do you think is the most awesome thing about your business right now? I think it's the opportunities we've got, um, especially with the new website. We are looking at um, streamlining the process, offering more services to the customers like the Skype fittings um, and with social media we can build the awareness out past the UK so do you, do you, do you really see social media as being a key part of that international play for you I think it helps again it's uh, Facebook and everything is similar to um Pinterest. People like our page because it's aspirational. But we do see more conversions via Facebook than we do through um, Pinterest. Um, um, Social media works very well for us for our local customer base about keeping in touch with them. Yeah. It's it's Um, interesting you get a better conversion from Facebook than um, Pinterest traffic because the global stats you know, which don't take account of niche and product type and all the rest of it, are that Pinterest has a better conversion rate than anything else. So, I think it depends on, uh, I mean, is that a US stat? That is the the global. The global. I, I would assume it's either US or it's just all traffic, but it, yeah. it's certainly a non-industry specific area. Yeah, I think. I think, and this is what's important to say, everybody should be on Facebook or everyone should be on Pinterest. What works for you won't work for somebody else. Totally. We've just, um, to illustrate that, during the course of launching the podcast, we spent a lot of money and effort on Facebook 
for e-commerce master plan, which was yeah. partly um, the challenge to my social media team was prove to me that I should be on Facebook because I'm not sure I should. And we found we could get phenomenal engagement on Facebook, on the Facebook platform, that is, you know, that the social media guys who work across a lot of business were going, this is brilliant. Look at all this engagement. But you look over the eight weeks at the conversion rate from the different social channels and we were focusing on Twitter, LinkedIn and Pinterest. Sorry, not not Pinterest, Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook even. Facebook, not one conversion. And you're like, well, in that case, we're now ignoring Facebook. So anyone who thinks I'm not posting on Facebook enough, it's intentional. Um. <laughs> I, would, I would say with Facebook, it's a slower burn. You have to really work on building the relationships on Facebook. And you are competing with so many other people. And not just other businesses, you're competing with people's friends and silly videos and and people are very much in their leisure time when they're on there. Exactly. I don't think when people are in their leisure time, they're too worried about the latest e-commerce master plan podcast is my hunch no. as well. Um, you know, if just so- people like me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyone who is on Facebook wondering where the next e-commerce master plan podcast is, I am more than you know happy for you to be doing it. But I think the, <laughs> the general population are, are looking elsewhere for it. So, um, Catherine, what's on your radar, your to-do list right now? get my website launched (laughs) (laughs) once that is launched there will be a brand new google adwords campaign including some wonderful remarketing um we'll be doing a huge amount of seo the blog will be revived i've just let it slide and that's i think that's the tough thing is trying to keep it all going we it's most of the work is done by me and Trisha, um, I outsource a lot. Uh, if you're looking for a really handy place to get some help, I use Upwork.com. Um, so I've got a copywriter on there, somebody else who helps me keep all my uh, product database up to date. Someone else who's just cutting and pasting product descriptions into the website because I don't have time to do it all myself. But once and we have peak times as well so there's no point in employing somebody locally because for three months in the middle there's not great for in middle of uh, stock deliveries or new seasons there's not a huge amount to do yeah I'm, I'm a massive fan of um, sites like Upwork um, everyone who's heard me previously rave about Elance Elance has now become Upwork um, and I use it for so many things you know things which you 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 can use the same person again and again or just one-off research jobs or you know copywriting jobs or ah such a good such a good tool on the basis of that tip I think it's time we moved into the top tips round indeed Uh, (laughs) thank you for filling in the jingle there (laughs) (laughs) I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level Catherine are you ready for the quick fire top tips I am on the edge of my seat. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, So first up, your book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I'd recommend Unmarketing by Scott Stratton. Um, It is one, it's very informative, but it's also very amusing. Um, A lot of the case studies he uses, and I think it works well for both uh, bricks and clicks businesses. Um, about really, I mean, the message of it is act like a human being towards your clients and 
not fall into jargon and um, corporate speak when you're talking to them. That's not one I've come across. So I'm going to oh, have to look that one up. The, since since starting this podcast, the list of books I'm supposed to be reading, it's t- just taking over the office at the moment. So I think I might have to take a whole week off to read them all. Uh, so next up, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Um, I would say the best converting tool that I use is Google AdWords. Um, I am a, I'm come from a traditional marketing background where uh, you'd work in departments and people would put adverts in newspapers and sort of cross their fingers and hope people saw it, uh, which I never felt overly comfortable with. So I absolutely adore AdWords, where you can actually see how much it costs me for every sale I get. And when you're talking AdWords, are we talking keywords, remarketing, Google shopping campaigns? It's keywords. Google keywords is what I do the most of. Um, we promote based on brand because that's how most people find us and that's what they're most interested in. So we're very specific. So we don't, we're not uh, going for keywords that have huge amounts of traffic, but it's very qualified traffic. So you're not bidding on bra, for example? No, no. No, that would be crazy. crazy. <laughs> be insane. <laughs> There's okay. loads of people looking for bars in New York that have just spelt it wrong. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving swiftly on, uh, the tool top tip. This might be a team collaboration tool, social media plugin, phone app, way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you, your team, more efficient day to day? I have to say it's a case of outsourcing to Upwork that has saves me a huge amount of time. Um, and I found I've been really lucky with the quality of freelancers I found on there as well. My experience with the likes of Upwork and um, Elots is actually the general quality on there is superb. I don't, I'm not sure it's, it's quite a case of luck of finding the right people. I think actually the quality generally on there is very, very good. I've only ever had one um, one bad supplier on there. And uh, to be fair, I think it was because I went for the cheeky, excessively low priced one and I should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's always tempting though, isn't it? It it is. Oh, you want to turn my entire book into tweets for $10? Yeah, let's give it a go. Uh, Surprise, surprise, crash and fail. Um, (laughs) But so I'm not entirely certain that was the, that was either Upworks or uh, the, uh, the freelancer's fault. I think that's probably my fault. Oh, but, but a brilliant recommendation. I'm really pleased you've chosen that one as your tool top tip. Um, startup top tip next then. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? Pick your product very, very carefully. Um, you don't have to have hundreds of products. Like I said, I sell this. My business is built on two bras that I sell over and over and over again. Anything else is just icing on the cake. Um, also, I would, if I had my chance again, I would never go online with lingerie. <laughs> it's really complicated. It's now, really complicated. If we were doing this interview in a month's time when the new website's live, would you still be thinking you should never have gone live? Or are you, is it just because you're in the midst of the nightmare complexity of lingerie online at this precise moment in time? No, I think to be successful online, simpler products 
uh, just work better. So if I'd pick pajamas, for example, and um, you have small, medium, large, extra large, and you have black, white, and red. Perfect. Happy days. I have, um, say I have four or five brands, which is small for a lingerie shop. Each brand has six collections. In each collection, I could have six different styles of bra, all available in three different colours. And then you've got all the different iterations of back and cup size to go with it. Lordy. <laughs> yeah. It, so it's not just uh, integration nightmare. It's a stock management challenge as well. And how to and display that lucky. on the site as well. You know. Yeah. Uh, we're very lucky that we have a, we work with a very good company that means we can do it just in time. If we had, we could never manage this business without that op- option, and because just, we couldn't afford to hold all that stock. Yeah, just just to be clear to everyone, I'm assuming by just in time, you mean you're buying from a wholesaler who allows you to buy. They they hold the stock, and you select which individual bra you want at any point in time, and they deliver it to you fast. Would that be? Yeah, we get it in a couple of days, two three days. Yeah, because the, the the algorithm to try and work out what stock you need would be um, would would require a PhD in physics or something, I would think. Yeah, and you can't you cannot tell one day. We find this one season everybody wants a blue bra. The next season everyone's going, oh no, I wouldn't wear blue if you paid me. You're like, but last year everybody <laughs> loved it. And you're like, what? It's so it's it's so subjective as well. Cool. So your startup top tip is to pick the product carefully, to keep it simple keep and it simple. easy to don't, manage. Don't think that you have to have a website full of hundreds of products. You really don't. You can run a website on 10. Excellent advice and advice I heartily agree with. So Master Plan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash plums. Um, one final top tips question. If your business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running? I would like, and I, I think it, purely for a fun factor, not necessarily for an easy life factor, is Shoes of Prey. Have you seen that one? That's the Australian site, isn't it? The bespoke shoe manufacturer. Oh, yes. The, it is a fantastic concept. You go in, you design your shoe based on templates and uh, materials that they pro- provide. They make them. Six weeks later, you get them delivered. If you do not like them, if you're not happy with them, you send them back. I would lo- And you have a 365 days to return them unworn. I would not like to have to deal with their returns, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> yeah, that's, they're, um, they're one of my wish list companies to get on the podcast, to be honest. So if anyone listening happens to work at Shoes of Prey and, uh, and knows someone in the marketing team or one of the owners who'd like to be on the podcast, please send them in my direction. Because uh, it's an awesome business. It's like mass customization with all the customer service that goes with it. Yeah, their customer service is second to none. Such a cool business. Right, Catherine, what a fascinating chat. It has been an absolute pleasure to spend time with you today, discovering how you're driving your boutique bricks and clicks e-commerce business. Before we say goodbye, would you like to remind listeners where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Uh, Well, you can find Plums at plumslingerie.com. 
on Facebook, we are facebook.com forward slash plums online. Uh, Twitter, it's plums, plums lingerie, shockingly enough. Um, you can find me. I also do uh, social media consulting. Um, basically, you can just Google Catherine Salt and I am all over the shop. Excellent. And I'll add a link to that Pinterest place we were talking about as well uh, later on. Excellent, Catherine. I will add links of, to all of that and everything else we talked about in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash plums. And if that's not quite working in any um, dialect around the world, it's P-L-U-M-S as in the fruit. Um, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Catherine, thank you for being on the e-commerce Masterplan podcast today and for being so generous sharing your experience with us. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Catch you all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com. <laughs>